Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We come before your throne. We present ourselves here in humble humility and desiring uh, that you would fill us up. We we don't have anything our, on our agenda. We just want to hear from you. And we thank you that you're always faithful to give us uh, that food, that food that we wait for, our daily bread. We're so hungry for the things of God. Fill us to the full, Lord, to overflowing. As you always do, we're here to receive. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So today we're going to talk about uh, the covenant of divine health. So we have a covenant of divine health, which is a guaranteed promise that God will get us well. He keeps us well. Not just that he wants us well, but we are healed. Amen. We are healed. And the way that's established is through the blood covenant, through the blood of his son. And and understand that you kind of need. covenant with us and about um, how the atonement provides for everything once that blood has been shed it's a done deal amen the oath is signed amen god has sworn in his blood uh, the oath is signed so we need to understand that that uh, it's all paid for uh, even him not doing it's paid for <laughs> If you could imagine such a thing, the reason it is. See, in a, a man-to-man covenant, for instance, if you, in in a lot of cultures, they do still have blood covenants. They they uh, uh, exchange agreements, vows, all that. The same thing that's done with us. We this is our text, our agreement from God. So these are the terms of the covenant is the way they explain it. And so when a covenant is is set up, people agree to certain things. Amen. And it's for mutual benefit and mutual strength. Many people teach that God doesn't get anything out of this. He does. He wouldn't do it. He's not a loser. He gets us back. That's real important to me. I don't know about nobody else, but you know, it's it's like when you think about a man to man covenant, the 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 terms are the lesser is blessed by the greater. So say for instance, I've got billions of dollars in in uh say for instance, Miss Juana, you know, she's just working a regular job and I strike up friends with her and I say, Well, Miss Juana, you know, I wanna be your covenant partner i said and if you get in trouble you 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 need this i'm i'm here for you for that you need that i'm here well the covenant because of of the extreme wealth that one person has the covenant gets a little lopsided but it's a good thing because then i take on a partner for the just in case rare instance you you got me kind of thing and and so in a man to man covenant you can see where it's tilted one side or the other but i believe that what god gets when when we uh sign in covenant with him he gets a good deal or he would not have shed blood and given his life for us so i try to encourage people quit thinking of yourself as is 
nothing, nobody, a loathsome sinner. Even when you were a sinner, he died for you. You were worthwhile when you felt, you may have felt you weren't worth anything. I'm going to say it again. You may have felt you may, you see these feeling things, we, you nail your feelings to the tree because it's a new day. Your worth was hidden from you by darkness that you lived in. We're born in that darkness. It works against us all the time if we give in to it. You know, I tell young people all the time, be thankful you're you're single while you're single. Because that gives you a chance to explore you. You're not lonely. You're by yourself with lots of company so you can explore who you are. Amen. See, when you get older, you start realizing what them single days were like, and then you got to preach them to young people so they can take advantage of them while they're young. And they think we crazy. They say, you, you don't know what you do. You don't know. Yeah, we do. See, we can look back now and get a lot of wisdom to give to you. But you need to explore who you are. You need to find out who you are. You need to set yourself up for the rest of your life. Know what your gifts, talents, and abilities are. Amen? Those are things God, nobody can ever take from you. They were put by God inside of you to, number one, make room for you in this earth, to bless humanity, and to make you feel useful. There's nothing that makes you feel not alone, like knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and putting that to work. And I'm not talking about sitting up daydreaming about one day you're going to be this and one day. You are that now. Because God has put it's in you now. So you need to start trying to figure out how to activate it, how to make it pay, how to make it do good things for you. Things that you never thought you'd be able to do before. You you can do them because of what God is already is inside you. You need God's power to activate it. Amen. You need to start activating it. And so it's it's a good thing that, that that's there. But a, a covenant generally is is a little lopsided because people who have less always want more. And this is one way of them being able to guarantee that they will have the more when you come into it. And so when we we have a covenant with with Jesus, though, He's already given us, he put a heavenly deposit on the inside of us. It's already deposited in us. Everything. And I don't mean you're lacking anything. You just need to know how to activate it. you got to, number one, become aware of it. And number two, learn how to activate it by your faith. And the more you can believe in it, the more it's active and the more it's operating in your life. Amen. Blood covenants are guaranteed by the life of the greater. The greater person is the one who puts up the, the, the forfeiture or the guarantee. And so if, if I were to make a covenant with Ms. Juana, I would say, well, in case you lose your house, I guarantee. So I pledge X number of dollars to get another house for you. You got me? And that is put up and stored up where she can get to it whenever she wants it. That's what we have in God. It's it's stored up for us. It's in glory. 
Because if you're a wise person, if you don't need it now, why use it now? Don't squander it. Amen. But when you need it, it's there. So you can draw from it continually as a source. It's a source of peace for you, comfort, wealth. You begin to think differently about yourself. You don't think broke. You think wealthy. It's just I can't see it and I can't get to it right now, but I know it's there. I've been told it's there. Everything else he told me has come to pass. It's all true. This is how Abraham hoped against hope. He said, well, I got to add it all up now. All these years we've been following God. He's never lied. He's never cheated. Everything he gave us that told us he was going to give us, he gave us already. It's a done deal. And this is the way we've got to think about God, folks. It's a done deal. If a person reneges, say, for instance, I don't fulfill my commitment to Miss Juana, then she has reason. She's She's got an offense against me. And according to the terms of our government, whatever I told her I would forfeit, I have to give it up. Because it's it's, you see, it's always guaranteed against something precious to me. So in a man-to-man covenant with different tribes and different groups, they gave their lives on these things. They said, no, if it's a blood covenant, that means a life has to be given in case somebody reneges on it. So if I don't buy her house, they can come take me and hang me because I've staked my life on giving her that house. It's the same thing with God's blood covenant. If he doesn't pay your bills... He will take his own life. But he did that already. So he'll pay your bills. Did you hear that? So the penalty of forfeiture is paid up front by the blood of Jesus. That says because by two immutable things that make it impossible to lie. By an oath and a covenant we have strong consolation. So God's going to do it. Because he's already given his life. I can't take his life twice. So if you don't get your bills paid, guess who's responsible? You to believe that the penalty's paid already. See, if the penalty's paid, that means there's no room for him to renege on anything. Amen? It's paid already. So he's even guaranteed that he won't forget you. He won't not take care of you. He won't not heal you. He won't not give you a house if yours gets taken. He won't. You got me? Whatever you can believe. If you can stay out of the devil's condemnation telling you you ain't worth anything, you can do almost anything in God. Just by your faith. See, we got to get stuck on that principle. You got to understand how precious your faith is. How much you need to, to protect it, strengthen it, live by it. Don't let a day go by without it exercising your faith in God on something. I don't care if it's God help me cut my toenail straight. You understand what I'm saying? Get him involved in everything by, you, you said you were straight in the crooked places and I, I want them straight. I don't want them crooked this time. You understand what I'm saying? Allow God to enter into every interaction you have with life. Get him in on the case all the time. 
Don't ever lean to your own understanding. I don't care how well you do stuff. I don't care how much you've done it before. God can always help you to do it better. Amen. Always. There's always room for improvement. Amen. You ask, you ask some people that are good at stuff what they're working on. No, you won't go to a personal trainer and find out he's not trying to improve some about himself. They're always working on something. The day they think they got it made, they lose everything. And they know that. So they, they're constantly motivated, constantly watching, uh, who's setting the bar higher in their field so that they can attain more. Amen. And, and that should be us as believers because we have the open door to attain everything that we need in God. But you need to know, you got a no fail covenant, folks. God is not, this is not somewhere God can drop the ball on. So if if it's not happening, if it's not happening like you want it to, talk to the master. He's got an answer for you. Stay stay engaged with him. Stay in the conversation with him. Let him guide you. Let him instruct you. Let him help you. We're all going to come to places where we don't have answers. But he has answers for us. Sometimes your lack of understanding is just an excuse for him to start talking to you again or for you to talk to him again. You ever think about that? We run here, there, and everywhere trying to find, I got to get, I need this. Why you want to talk to God about it? You know, a lot of times we don't talk to God because we're scared we're going to have to straighten up to get it. I don't know what you're scared of. We need to straighten up. Amen. And if you're that scared of them, you need to straighten up real bad. You scared of somebody who lives in you? If he's mad at you, he could kill you at any minute. He must not be mad at you. He's still inside. He hasn't left you yet. If he's still around, that's a good chance he's there to help you. Get over this next hurdle, and there will be more. As long as you live, there are going to be hurdles to get over. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So in, in I said all that to say, First Peter 2.24, if you will turn there. Twenty two talks about Jesus. It says here, he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. It should be us. No lying, no speaking falsely, no making false promises. We good at that. You know, Christians talk a little evangelistic. Kind of stretch things a little bit. No guile was found in his mouth. In other words, he didn't try to impress people and then not follow through on what he said. He follows through on what he says. And says who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Laid down him when he suffered threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously he had somebody uh bigger than him that he was trusting in that was the father in heaven who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree he was the substitute that we being dead to sin so that's us now we're dead to sin You shouldn't be enjoying sin no more. You understand what I'm saying? Just and not even enjoying thinking about it. Amen. 
People get in too much trouble for their fantasy life. Should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Were healed. Were healed. He suffered the stripes already. He's not waiting to suffer stripes to heal you. So get your healing now. Thank God that you have it now. Don't keep checking your body to see what you have. Amen. You have your heal. You're healed now. 100%. Quit thinking about how you feel all the time. You feel healed. You feel stripes. You know, we need to start correcting ourselves. We just live the same old way, you know, wondering, oh, yeah, uh, oh, 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 I got a new pain. No, that's the other one. He just moved. Location. Amen. He did a reload on you. Amen. Pain is pain. You know, the devil tried to trick you like that. It ain't new. It's same old, same old. He's the same old devil. Amen. So you were healed already. Start thinking about your healing in the past tense. It's not something you're waiting on. Amen. Get the weight out of your life. (laughs) 30 pounds, right? (laughs) No, I'm messing with you. You know, get the weight, W-A-I-T, out of your thinking. You're not waiting on anything. God's waiting on you to believe you have it now. I'm going to say it again. You're not waiting on anything. God's waiting on you to believe you have it now. Amen. Well, you know, I am waiting. No, you're not. Don't argue with me. See, that's your flesh wanting to have the final word in your spirit life. You got to put all that down. God, I'm not waiting on anything. I'm healed now. End of conversation. Don't let that butt creep in there. Amen. Well, how come? I I don't know why you experience what, but I know one thing what the word says. You're healed now. If you can stick with that, now will happen. Now will happen. See, you know that the enemy robs us with time more than anything. If he can put you on wait mode, you ever leave something on your stove on simmer? If you don't go back and check it, that's going to burn. You understand what I'm saying? It won't be there. And that's the way the devil likes to do with everything we need. He likes to put it on wait mode, put it on simmer, put it on low heat. You scared to cook? Why everybody, everything got to be in the crock pot? Yeah, I said it, so what? Sue me. Yeah, I put this in the crock pot, get all excited. Goodness. What's wrong? You scared of fast? You scared of now? You scared of believing for it now? <laughs> you scared of receiving it now? And see, if if the truth be told, we all want it now. You don't want it later. You don't want to wait for stuff. You want it now. That's why these people get, you know, you see these people think they know something about praying. And bombard heaven. That that means they've been told to wait and they sick of waiting. 
so they still think the problem is god though because you don't have to bombard god nothing he'll say what you knocking on this door for i gave it to you already just receive it go out and act like you have it well i've been acting like i will keep acting like you have it what else you gonna act like huh sinners got more sense than we do I remember anybody, I know y'all could see them now. I used to say this stuff and date myself, but everybody can watch them. Old Dallas and Dynasty. Remember the Carringtons would lose their money, make a bad deal, and all the money is gone. And they said, well, what do we do? Well, let's throw a party and get the jewels out of the vault and get the furs out. And let's just, act, you know, throw a big party. We don't want anybody to catch on to the fact that we broke. And before you knew it, something would happen, and they right back rich again. Uh, that's called faith. That's called faith. Calling those things that be not as though they are. They're not in denial. They they know they broke. You got me? But they pulling out the credit cards. They pulling out the finery. They pulling out the everything to make themselves rich again. And see, as Christians, we scared to, well, I don't know if I should really say that or not. I think you should. Because you've been saying you're sick and it hasn't been getting you well. I mean, just on the principle of let's try something else since that's not working. Amen? But it is scriptural. God calls those things that be not. You must start talking his language. He'll understand I'm healed. I will be healed. He'll understand that. That's a, a foreign language to him. You're going to start talking like he talks. Amen. He says you are healed. And quit arguing with God. Quit arguing with the word. Quit arguing. Well, I don't know about all this now stuff. I do. I'm hanging with mine. I'll take yours too. What you got coming you don't want now. I'll take it. You can live in the the joy of having it now. You can live in the peace of having it now. You can live totally like you have it now. Amen. You don't have to live in pain if you've got pain. You can get rid of them pains. He took your pains and carried your sorrows. You know, you you just look up and say, God, I can't live like this. I don't know how why I can't get this scripture down pat, but I know one thing. You took my pains and you carried my sorrows and you'll see them lift. You speak the word to him. You start using the word on some of this stuff and see if that word doesn't work for you. It will affect healing, affect the cure. Affect everything that the word speaks of, it will manifest itself because it has the power to do it. And he says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree so that we, being dead, dead to sins, could live righteously. We live like righteous people because of what he did. Righteous people have no sickness. Righteous people have no poverty. They have no worries. They have no cares. We can do all that because of what he did by taking on our sin and the curse for us in our place. We just have to believe it. You gotta believe. And you don't believe by just saying nod your head and okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't believe nothing. That thing right there, that ain't what you believe with. 
going to say it again. That little swivel head we have, bobbing head, that don't, that ain't where you believe. Where do you believe? In your heart, in your spirit. You should get a settling in there when you believe the word. You know, the word ain't for you to convince the saints that you all, all up with everything. That word, it preserves your life. You run, we run around here trying to, you know, front for each other. You don't know what somebody's facing when they get home. Amen? Amen. So this word is for you, for you to hide it in your heart. Why hide it? Because there's forces trying to steal it from you 24-7. Amen? You hide it so that it guides your behavior. It guides your thinking. It guides your activities. It guides everything. Amen? This word preserves you. It preserves everything that it touches. And so the fact that Jesus bore our sicknesses, our sins, our pains, he took everything that's of the curse, everything that's from the world, everything that's from bad living, everything that's from sin, everything that's from degradation. He took all of that all on. So you're forgiven of it and you're cleansed from it. And once you're cleansed, he wants you not to go get dirty again. You understand what I'm saying? He wants you to stay cleansed because that's a wonderful feeling to be cleansed. But but First John says that when you do sin, when you did get dirty again, you have an advocate with the Father. So he's not pushing you to keep getting dirty. He's pushing you to walk with him to avoid that. But if you run into it, he got you. All you got to do is confess it and tell God you're sorry. Pastor Barbie, I get tired of saying I'm sorry. You'll quit. You'll either quit doing it or quit something. But when you get tired of something, you quit, according to my thinking about things. If you're really tired, you'll stop messing up. Well, at least in that area, then you go on to something else. Let's be real here. You understand what I'm saying? But you mastered that. That's one thing you could check off your naughty list. I got that down, Pat. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes your obedience can look like a crime scene. You know, there are people that won't like the way you obey God. You got me? You know, it happened to Joseph. He... Potiphar's wife just wouldn't leave him alone. She just had to get him in trouble. She wound up with his clothes in her bedroom and lied on him. Well, he ran trying to stay holy. But nobody, your obedience can look really wrong sometimes, folks. Amen? So forget about how it looks to people. Forget about what you you think people think. Forget that stuff. The one who can throw you in hell and destroy your body and throw you in hell, that's the one you wonder about. Uh, you know pleasing amen get people off your mind amen get god on your mind learn how to please him if we stay with that then then we will be well pleasing to god amen everything we do we do will have his touch of approval on it so we we need to know also that jesus being a great high priest has been touched with our feelings. The feelings don't ever think about him way up there and he's just 
folding his arms, looking at you, waiting to see when you mess up, you know. Um, we know God loves us, but we don't understand his love to the degree that we can apply it perfectly all the time. That's why people try to pretend to be more obedient than they are. You know, it's people play too many games for me, but, you know, hey, if that's, that's the way you roll, that's the way you roll. But we spend too much time being concerned about other people, how we look to people, uh, what what other people have versus what we have, all that. You know, it, we are made in the image of God. So it's easy to make that mistake. You know, people will be real big in your life at some point and bigger than God if you let it happen. You know, we think we don't think like that. But see, because we're made in God's image, it's easy to make that mistake. It is. You know, children, when you, you gotta obey your parents, you, you sometimes forget that you can pray and you can ask God to help you with things. That's what I'm talking about. You keep going to man for everything because man is so close and he's a, he bears a close resemblance to the Lord. He can talk, he can think, he can do all those things, he can help people. You know, you don't look to man for things that only God wants to bring to you. You gotta make that that transfer over and that does not mean you don't love people and you don't honor people and you don't respect people and don't treat them right but there's a big difference you've got to learn how to commit everything to the lord let god have all of these things that we are sometimes looking to man for or or we find that we get involved with people and they start helping us or they start encouraging us or something it's easy to start leaning you know and lean too much but that doesn't mean that you reject people when they come to you You got to sort it out through god's filter and let god have the preeminence in all things and in need need to know that god is not he's never against you he'll always help you i don't care if it's the same thing over and over and over again what does he say in the book of James? He said, if you if you lack wisdom, ask me. I won't base you out because you keep asking. You know, I don't upbraid you. I don't tell you stupid. Don't come here no more. Don't come here again with that. Well, when are you going to get this straight? It's not God. It's never God. Amen. That's people. And sometimes God let people treat you like that because you need to quit asking people for so much stuff. You understand what I'm saying? That door will close because uh uh-uh, I want you to come to me for that. Yeah, I learned that early in ministry. I I would be around people and they seem to be helpful and then all of a sudden they clam up and didn't want to tell you anything and I I would get offended. I said, Well God, it's not like I can't find out and he said, Yeah, I want you to operate like that too. And I said, Oh, okay. I said, you know, it's it's in and it didn't seem like it was wrong to me to ask because i wound up asking but somebody else but god didn't want me to get comfortable because he could see the relationship developing and it was like they're up here and i'm down here and god said no i'm higher than they are and i want you to go to the top 
to get what you need. Always come to me. So if I want people to help you, I'll point you to the right direction. But you come to me for everything. Amen. And it's been, been very important because I found people have more wrong information than right. You know, you get around the saints real deep and the saints will make you think you ain't even saved no more. You get around that wrong bunch. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when I had to start out in ministry, I knew my husband wasn't called. He wasn't even saved. People give you promises. Your husband's supposed to be here with you. I said, well, I'll be glad when God saves him. If God would let him know, that'd be wonderful. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Come on now. And what am I going to do with that? So I found out a lot of times people are just talking, talking tradition, talking what they think is right all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So you you go into some meetings and you take your your anointing oil, your holy water, you mean mug everybody when they come up to you, look like they got to wear it or something like that. You know, you're talking about you got to bring it all. You got to bring that Detroit look with you, even though you're from Ohio. You say, where did I pick that up from? Huh? I mean, you take it, you go packing. Because then people try to lay some words on you to keep you confused forever. Yep. I had to learn. I had to learn. You know, to go to the great high priest. You don't go to just a substitute. Amen. You go to the great high priest. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7. Nothing wrong with spiritual authority. Nothing wrong with with honoring the people God puts over you. But it's all got to come through the filter of the Holy Ghost. Any minister worth their salt don't want you obeying them just on their word. Amen. You make sure you get a witness from God. You know, I tell people that all the time when I prophesy to them. I said, well, hopefully, I th- I believe this is what God is saying. I said, you know, hopefully you get a witness about this or whatever, you know. Sometimes as a prophet, you can tell if they're receiving it, if there's a witness, you and you keep flowing. That opens up to more. But, but you know, I'm talking about in general. If somebody feel like that ain't God, it ain't God, you know, or pray about it. Take it home and sleep on it for a minute. Amen. Put them on under your pillow for the night. It says here, it says, uh, thank you, Lord. Jesus is a great high priest. The Bible says after the order of Melchizedek. So we saw him. I think, I think he was mentioned a couple times before, once or twice before. I know, uh, in the, in Genesis with, Abram, Abram paid tithes to Melchizedek. Now, this was before the law. Amen. Abram, being a man seeking God, took his to honor God. And and you can tell by his, the train of his conversation when he did this. In Back in the day, the tenth was the way you honored somebody. It wasn't mandatory. It wasn't written into the law of Moses yet because Moses wasn't born yet. Moses was inside Abraham and Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek. That just lets you know the Melchizedek priesthood is the highest priesthood. The lesser is always blessed by the greater. So when you pay to somebody, you're paying the greater. 
So Abram, being just an ordinary common man, uh, paid paid honor to Melchizedek by giving him a tenth of all the spoils of that war. That was something God helped him win that. He didn't have that all that land, property, cattle, and stuff before he went to war. And God said, I will fight those who fight you and you will win. And so he won that war and had all this spoil from the war and gave a tenth part of it to the high priest representing God, representing the God that had provided all of that for him. And so Melchizedek, having no father, no mother, without beginning, without end, who does that sound like to you? Sounds like Jesus. So Jesus operates in a higher priesthood than the Levites did. That's why Jesus could go in the temple and teach anytime he felt like it. You know, you'll see Christians now feel like they can go in somebody's church and just, well, God gave me a word and I'm supposed to come here and do that. He gave you nothing. Because they thought, well, Jesus did it. I can do it. Well, Jesus, if he's, if Jesus is a higher priesthood, he's got a system. It's called the fivefold, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He never kicks the pastor out for somebody sitting on the pew to take over. I'll say it again. He never kicks the fivefold out for a lay person to come and take over. So you, you're not allowed to just get up and prophesy in somebody's church because you feel the spirit coming over you. You know, we got all these rebellious people think they own stuff. Then you get up and talk whenever you want to. You know, Facebook don't let you say what you want to say. Huh? The bird either. Don't None of them let you say what you want to say. Everybody has some control over speech. But you're not allowed to get up and just do and say what you want to say because uh, uh, the spirit is on me. The spirit will tell you to check yourself. Amen. And the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophets if you read your Bible and find out some about what you're trying to do. We spend so much time imitating people instead of reading the word and, and getting in your spirit how you're supposed to operate. Amen. So anyway, Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now listen. People that is still mad at Creflo Dollar because of what he said about tithing. But you need to understand that, see, I don't get up and argue with people about stuff like this. I just put on what God puts on my heart as truth, and I know what the truth is. But I know we're not under Levitical priesthood anymore. That was done away with by the old covenant. God will still honor his word. If you have faith in your tithe, tithe. If you have faith in more, give more. If you don't have that much faith, give what you got faith to give. Amen. And there's no penalty. Nobody can levy the curse back on you. That priesthood has been done away with and yielding to a higher priesthood. Amen. So the Melchizedek is higher. That's what we're under now. Amen. But people will fight you tooth and nail over this. That's why I say at one time, if you believe it, go ahead, believe it, go read your Bible, get some more understanding, and go about your business. 
But Creflo Dollar felt very burdened and very heavy because he put a lot of people under bondage, and he confessed it. He apologized to people. You know, if you only read one, you only see one little excerpt from what he says, you won't get the whole picture. But he said God had been dealing with him for a long time. Why? You got people out there sitting watching you and you live in, in, in splendor and wealth and they're poor. There's something not quite right. Now, just on visual, the, when the optics is bad, the whole thing is probably bad. And I know that began to pierce his heart. Because he had people, you know, it just like uh, people with evangelists would say, well, I went over and so-and-so in this country, and I tried to teach tithing, and they just couldn't grasp it. And so we just let them bring what they had, and God started to flourish, and they dug wells, and they did this, and they did that. So they would go and find out it didn't work in a lot of places. People just can't grasp the faith of it. Why? There's not much faith on it because it's been done away with. Where the faith is, is the Melchizedek priesthood that says, give as you purpose in your heart. Now, I purpose to give more than 10%. I don't know about you, but God's been mighty good to me. Amen? Mighty good to me. And in my heart, I want to do more. So I go with that. Amen? Nobody has to make you do that. You do that automatically. Amen. There are some days you can go home and your bank account is empty and you feel so good. You say, you know what I did? I blessed so-and-so today. I did this today. I did that. I was able to do yada, yada, yada. Why? You got, you have God's heart in you. You have his heart in you. You want to do more. You want to help more people. You want to do more things. Amen. You know, I, God will, you know, he gets you sometimes. He'll get you. I was going through the drive through and I was out of cash, and that don't bother me because I credit card you to death. I'll, pla- I'll bury you in plastic. Real good at it. But uh, it doesn't bother me to be out of cash, but I just, you know, what, what should I get? I get that. Then they got this thing that to, uh, in the uh, the ATM. They got this thing, uh, what does it say? I will pick my own bills. So that sounded like real faith-like to me. I said, then I couldn't add up a hundred dollars with the, you've been there? Let me see, I got how many twenties? Ah, shoot, I messed up. So I don't know what I got. I get up the truck and go to Dollar General of all places. Dollar General. There's about five little kids standing around out there. And, and I was looking at them. And the little kid said, ma'am, he said, ma'am, do you have a dollar you can give me? I said, what you need a dollar for, sweetheart? Well, um, we got to take the bus. I said, bus where? Where you live? Euclid. Euclid's way near the lake. We're down here. You know, I'm like, it. it you know, 480 somewhere like that, you know, south. And I said, how'd you get here? He said, well, we took the bus here and then, you know, we didn't have this and do I said, now all y'all can't ride the bus for a dollar. I said, what y'all gonna do to the, what you gonna do to the bus driver? He set me up for nothing. He's dollar thing. And he said, well, actually, he said, it costs $20. And I said, well, what you working with? He said, I got 10. I said, I'll give you 10 more. I said, y'all get on that bus and I don't want to see you. 
tomorrow asking for $10 a dollar again. You understand what I'm saying? But God prepares you for everything. You know, if I, if somebody asks me and I don't have the cash, it ain't mine to give. You understand what I'm saying? Because he, he always sets you up to be further blessed. If you give to somebody with no means to get it back, you have loaned it to God. Amen? You have loaned it to God. And he'll repay you. Amen? You know, saints get a little funny. We start giving them holy handshakes and in the church, and that's all you ever give. Well, them people going to shake your hand next Sunday, give it right back to you. Because you got a little glue on that $30. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend nobody. I'm just really messing up today. I got feelings. Just in me today. But, y'all, we got to stop this religion. Come on now. You... Come on. You're not cursed. Before they even had an old covenant, God wouldn't let nobody curse his people. He's going to let nobody curse you even. And when he instituted a curse through the law, it didn't work. Then people weren't scared of no curse. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It was a hard sell back then. They found out that if they obeyed God, something else came to them. What was love? And that's what really motivated them. That's what God was was banking on. Wasn't banking on the curse making somebody act right. The prison is full of people that didn't get stopped by the law. You understand what I'm saying? So people can override the law anytime they want to. You got me? But we have a new law, and that is the law that's written in your heart. What God puts in your heart to do, you do it. Amen. You do it, and don't don't skimp, don't don't cut back. Just keep keep obeying God, and see if it doesn't lead you to a better place. Amen. Leads you to a higher place. So it says here, he's he he is he Jesus is Melchizedek. So we know that because he's without father and mother, no beginning, no end. He's eternal. That was him that received tithes from Abram, amen, and blessed him, amen. And that's what you want. You want the Melchizedek blessing, that one that never ends, that that's renewable, that when you mess up, you can repent, you can ask forgiveness and get cleansed again, and it's renewed again. You can go on with a clean conscience and don't keep being nagged by what you did wrong. You know, if you're living like that, I got news for you. Good news, you don't have to. Amen. Ask God to cleanse you. Don't you try to put a happy thought up there. The devil got something for your happy thought. Amen. But you deal with God on it and ask him to cleanse you. God, you said you purge my conscience from dead works. You purge me from the dead works I used to do. You purge me from the things that I used to do wrong. You purge me. And I thank you, Lord, for the purging that comes by your blood. Amen. And so it says here in verse 26, 25, he says, wherefore, he is also able to save them to the uttermost. That means as bad as you want to be, he'll turn around and make you good. As difficult as your illness might be, he'll cause you to be able to live with it and then overcome it. Amen. 
or he can heal you instantly. Just depends. Keep your faith out there. See what your faith brings in. He says he's able to save to the uttermost those that come to God by him. See, he ever lives to pray for you. There's always a prayer that he can pray another prayer for you. You may be out of prayers. You may be out of faith. You may be out of hope. You may be out of a lot of things. But he's there, a continual, eternal priesthood to pray for you. So when you think it's all over, there's another prayer coming. When you think he's done with you, there's another prayer coming. You all out of ideas? Good. Shut up. There's another prayer coming. Let him pray his other prayer. And after that, he'll pray another prayer. After that, he will pray yet one more prayer. So as long as he lives, you got another prayer coming. You know, all your little favorite uh, preachers that you listen to when you're in trouble. When that fails you, there's another prayer. Brother so-and-so's 15 steps. Oh, I thought it was five. No, it's 15, girl. It grew. Since you were here the last time, it grew. Thank God there's another prayer coming. Understand what I'm saying? Long as Jesus is alive, you got hope. Amen. He was here before you got here. He'll be here after you've gone. Amen. He's here to pray for you. That's his purpose. That's what he lives for. Amen. To take care of us through prayer. He just asked the Father, he said, you know what, Dad, I just, you know, this one, mm, she's been working pretty hard at it. You know, you down here goofing up. But in your heart, you've been, <laughs> your body may not be moving, but your heart is toward him. You know, whatever. He's got a way to intercede with the Father on our behalf. Why? It says, for such a high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, amen, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. Who needs not daily as the other ones do. Now the, Le- the Levites had to daily offer sacrifice. They repeated, did it over and over and over again. To daily offer up sacrifice first for their own sins. So they weren't perfect. Jesus is your perfect high priest. So the high priest, the earthly one, was, was a man just like you and subject to sin. So he cleansed himself first. And then for the people's. For this Jesus did once when he offered up himself. For the law makes men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law, okay? So the word of the oath at Calvary was since the law. This is renewing a, 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 a priesthood. This is a new, a new application of the Melchizedek priesthood. This came after the law was done away with because it's better. God doesn't get rid of anything that's useful. Yeah, we all need to thank him for that. Amen. Stay useful to God. It's a key to long life, good health. 
He says, which which was since the law makes the son of man who is consecrated forevermore. And so Jesus is there to pray for us. A high priest forever never quits. It's always there on the job praying for us. Never slumbers, never sleeps, never gets tired. Amen. In Hebrews 4, if you'll turn there, how is he a high priest? We say he's, he's a eternal high priest. He forever lives to make intercession for us because, so he, he steps in on our behalf. Amen. He, he's there for us. He's there to speak up for us. He's there to help us get what we need, help us to get everything. Amen. It says here in Hebrews 4 in um, 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Don't change what you're expecting. Don't change what you're believing for. Why? Because when you give out, he kicks in. Amen? When you're ready to quit, he goes into overdrive. When, you, when you're faithless, he remains faithful. Somebody got to stay on the job. You really think your prayer life is getting you over in heaven? Seriously? Some of these people we look up to and admire, they, they, you know, they get in some trouble and you want, now how did that happen? They say they pray all the time, they do this all the time. What's wrong? Huh? That ought to make you pat yourself on the back. You say, well, I thought my little stuff was raggedy down here, but I ain't in that kind of trouble. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like, take heart. No, you're not in that kind of, do you know why? Cause he ever lives to make intercession for you. And he lives to make intercession for the ones that fall too. They just don't know how to access it. Sometimes you need to sit down and learn something from somebody else. Amen. But he says here, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows how you feel. You know, sometimes you, you want to, I don't know who I can call. Nobody else. Hello? Hello? Dial inside. Get the intercom. Get the house intercom going. Hello? Jesus, talk to me. What's going on? Amen? He's He's there for us. He's not missing in action. He's not away. He's very present. Very present. And it says that he's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. Where's your weakness? He's been touched. It's not like he's above everything that we go through. He's been touched by everything. Yet he did not sin. Now, he you don't say that to condemn yourself. You know, he he been touched, but didn't sin. Well, I sin. I feel lower than, no, you shouldn't feel lower than nothing. Because if he knows how you feel, he's been touched that there's something in him that he can give to you to overcome it. I'm going to say it again. Because he was touched, that does not make him look down on you in your weakness. That means he has something in you to impart to you to cause you to overcome it this time. You need to ask for it. 
Now, Jesus, you know how this feels. I keep falling down on the job with this thing, and I know you know how to get me over on this. Could you please impart that to me so that I can be successful here? I can overcome this. You've got an answer for me. That's how you need to treat the Lord. You don't need to treat him as somebody you want to hide from because you can't measure up. Measure up to who? Well, measure up to the word. You got to get the word in you first. You got the word halfway in you and halfway hanging out and the part of it you can't swallow and the other part you don't even know if it's God. I mean, come on, y'all. We need help. This is stuff we've never run. This is spiritual stuff. You never run into this before. So the fact that he's touched, that doesn't mean that when you fall, he looks down on you. When he's touched, he said, come here, sis. I know what that's like. Let me help you with that. Let me help you out. Amen. And that's what we need. Sometimes we keep falling because we don't ask and we're too proud to ask. You know, you get this idea that God's grading you on how many times you don't mess up. He's not grading us at all. We already passed. When you got born again, you passed. You got an A. That's for all you grade freaks. I don't care if I barely slid in. I'm in. Hey, get me in and grade me on the curve. I just want to be in. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> People wonder about me sometimes. I say, listen, that's how I made it through school. I saw them grade freaks and they go home and tear their brain out. I said, no, wait a minute. There's got to be. That was not moi. You understand? I mean the work part of it. If it came easy, I was cool with it. But if I had to struggle, I gave it struggle. You know, but but I look for keys to learning. Once I got the key, I was cool. You know, if I I couldn't get the key real easy, I said, well, I can keep the point average up if I – let that one go. I got other things to do with my, I didn't have nothing to do with my time at that time that was important, but I always had other things to do <laughs> rather than burn my brain up. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, and I praise God for people that have that excellence, but don't let it mess your head up. You know, cause it's all self. A lot of it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Just, I know it's necessary to, get scholarships, get in school, get in college, yada, yada. But they got people paying to get in there, whether y'all know that or not, that ain't passing no tests and not doing. So the whole system is, all I'm saying, the system ain't worth killing yourself over. Find out who you are. Stay in your lane. Get where God wants you to get. Just don't kill yourself over. Because you'll get somewhere and you find out nobody's impressed. I'm serious. What you going to do then? Your feelings all hurt. Well, I worked hard for this. I, I was looking one day. I said, hmm, 
all them degrees look alike. They're all on the same paper, signed by the same people, got your name on it. I said, even them licenses, them RNs, all look the same. They don't know where you went to school, if you got a degree, what you got. They just want somebody with paper so you don't kill somebody. It's the bottom line. Amen. So as long as you get in there, don't kill nobody. You're pretty cool. I figured that out a long time ago. See, y'all can't fool the kid. Amen? Put God first. Do what he tells you to do. He's got so much knowledge, understanding of everything. He created everything. He created knowledge. Created all things, folks. All things. Put him first and find out what kind of what kind of a track he wants to put you on you know people get mad at me they say i'm talking against grades i'm not i'm talking against killing yourself for things that really are just worldly you got it's just worldly it's just the world system and the world is tearing that system down every day they didn't put doctors in jail because they they have to answer to a higher authority now they used to be they answered to their conscience you understand what they thought was the right thing to do for a patient. You don't get to do that anymore. You got to answer to the government. You got me? They take the license away, put them in jail, destroy them, take their practice away from them. So don't tell me the world system doesn't have a limit to it. You, you understand me? I didn't know God then, but I know him now. And I know that there's a better way and more excellent way. So we have a high priesthood, high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are. Everything you go through, he went through. So he knows it. Yet without sin. Amen. So this is why we can get confident to come to the throne. The fact that he, when it says come boldly to the throne, come because nothing you come with is no surprise to him. He's not going to throw you out because you, you, you're not right or you're not looking right or you don't act right. He's not going to throw you out because you messed up the last time. Amen. He understands. He understands our weakness. He understands everything. So you can come boldly to him and expect to receive your healing. Amen. James 5, is it James 5.14? There's any sick among us? Let him call for the elders of the church. Amen. He says here, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Any merry? Let him sing psalms. Any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he's committed sins, they are forgiven. Amen. Tells you also, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Boy, that's powerful. You know, it's like, Miss Juana, come on, pray with me. I'm mad about something. I can't get myself right. Get your mind straight. Get yourself right. Yada, yada. Amen. The effectual and fervent prayer. Effectual, fervent prayer. The prayer of faith. Prayer of faith is that you're depending on God to do it. 
It's not your goodness. It's not. And see, this proves it because he says, if you've committed any sins, they're forgiven automatically in the prayer of faith. Amen? He, In other words, he's not holding anything against you. Confess your faults. If you feel like there's something you've done and you feel that you've offended God, just spit it out there. Even when you call for the elders of the church, a lot of people will just say, well, you know what? I need to apologize to so-and-so. It says, Pastor, I thought you was against me and I didn't want you praying for me. Why, yada, 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 yada. I need to apologize for that. Get it out there. Don't leave it inside. Amen. Don't let your, your conscience start to nag you. But this guarantees that there is no sin that will not be forgiven and you will be well. God will heal you, get you up up off that deathbed just from the prayer of faith. The believing God to do it will do it, folks. You got to believe God will do it. Amen. So you, you call for the elders of the church. I, I teach people in the ministry, train yourself to always come and get prayer before. Cause see, you think, we, we like to do things automatically. You know, it's, well, I, I went to the emergency room cause it was yada, 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 yada. Did you try to get somebody to pray for you before you submitted yourself to the world? You know, you get too comfortable with that. You, it gets too easy for you, then the enemy will plan something for you. It's like people will say, well, I, they told me I got this and I got to go there and I didn't get prayer. I said, well, I'll pray for you now. I said, but you're going to have to ride it out now. You're in the system, so you got to obey the system until they let you go, till they release you. Amen? You, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I'm not mad at you. I'm not saying this to make you upset or anything like that, but that's just wisdom. Because in your heart, you were trusting them to begin with. So you got to let the word start to grab your heart and take over for you. And you might have to stick with the system until that is done. Amen. A lot of us are doing that. You know, who ain't taking a pill for something now? You know, you get over 50 and it's like a dispenser in your bathroom. It's like, now how did it get it? Yesterday I was 49 and this thing wasn't here. Huh? Oh, pills everywhere. <laughs> Sometimes I look up in my, on the floor of my bathroom. I finally put my glasses on. I said, oh, it's my pill I should have taken yesterday. I didn't know any difference. You know, it's like, hey, I'm healed. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whatever. I mean, we, but we working on it, right? We still working on it. Got to keep working on it. So anyway. <laughs> It's just the way things are. Amen. We got to get touch with the feelings of normal people's infirmities, too. Amen. You got to know what people feel like. Sometimes that's that's how you you can help people, help them to get over it. You get over it yourself first. Amen. Amen. It's all good. So when someone is touched with the same feelings, they have the same emotions that we have, but they also have the power over that so that they can be both sensitive to our suffering and make a way to alleviate it so that's the the benefit 
of having a great high priest who is touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. He's not distant from us. And this is important to know about Jesus. He is God, but he also identifies with man. He's been in an earth suit. He knows the limitations of it. He knows how much we can stand, how much we can handle from his own experience. See, a lot of times you'll, you'll talk to people and you think, well, you don't know. See, you don't know because you, you ain't been here. You don't have what a neighbor he is. You can't give him that nonsense. Amen. You know, people giving you the straight up word. They don't have to know what you're going through. They know the word. You need somebody. The word will help you more than somebody that can sit there and want to, you want somebody to pat your hand. God wants to get you up off the deathbed, you know? sooner but and not later he wants you up and running sooner amen so he will not allow us to suffer the bible says that that there is no testing that has happened to us but such as is common to man just your situation is not unique amen camille you know, whoever them queens was, you know, the ones, the deathbed queens, the ones they see, sell the big tickets to go see them die for 10 minutes or who was Othello's wife? She was on the couch and then she was someplace else. And then she, Desdemona, is that her name? Just, Othello. And she go to the couch and spend 10 minutes there just, and then she get up and say a few more lines and then she's, Got a lot of them drama queens around, y'all. Want the world to pat you on the hand because you ain't feeling good today. Amen. So you don't get no Oscars, no Emmys, no nothing for this. You get up off your bed and walk. That's what Jesus has for you. Amen. And he won't allow us to suffer beyond what we are able, but with the test, make a way of escape so we can bear up under it. Amen. Because he knows your faith may not get all of your manifestation right away. He knows that. But he will find a way to put you in a zone. You ever been in a zone where you you uh, can endure? Like women who are in labor. You know, the reason that the people there are coaching them how to work with contractions is there's a safety zone for you to endure that labor until that baby is safely born. Amen. And, and many times women find that on their own. You'll, you'll find women that have had like three or four kids and they go in there and say, girl, my stuff is over there. Give me, it ain't time yet. Let me sit up in the chair. I'll tell you when to come back. And you're a little student nurse and you sitting there watching the door every five minutes. And sure enough, when it's time, she said, come on now. It's time to have this. I'm scared of you. We need to put MD behind your name. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like that. There is God shows that to women on their own. How do you think people, women, been having babies for all this time and they live? You know what I'm saying? It's because there's something in that process that puts you in a safety, in a comfort zone where you learn how to work with, with God and work with nature, and, and that thing is done. Amen? It gets done. And so God does that same thing with us in suffering. He'll put you in a place. Your mind may may tell you can't take this another day. And God will put you. Why? Because he's touched. When he's touched, he has a remedy for you. He's not just watching you and he's being touched. He's touched and he brings forth a remedy. 
See, that's the thing. And, and without sin, and so he's able to take care of those who are in that position, and he does. So in life, when Jesus walked and did his earthly ministry, he rebuked pain and all discomfort. Amen. He stood against it. He didn't allow it to stay. And he will do the same for us. He's passed on that authority to the church. Amen. He gave it to us. So so Jesus, the healer, has a covenant of healing to all who will obey the word. And you obey the word by walking by faith in obedience to God. You walk it out by faith. You do what you know to do. You do what you're able to do and and pray about the rest of it. But he's expecting us to keep our healing by walking in obedience to him. You know, there are many people that come and get healed and then go right out and disobey God. And and many of them do keep their healing because healing is a mercy gift, folks. I mean, he affords that to a lot of people. Some people don't know to walk with God. They don't know to go back and give him thanks. But he wants all of us to be healed, and he wants us to stay healed. So he was nailed to the tree. Not only he was nailed to the tree, but all of the sins, all of the sickness for me, for you, for all of the people in the world, the whole world got the benefit of what he did at Calvary. So that even sinners who looked on and saw him could be convinced that he was who he said he was. See, as he took on, the Bible says in, in Isaiah, it says he was marred more than any man. That means that he was distorted, disfigured, uh, put, put, death put on him cancer tumors when they took him off that tree he was full of all sickness and all disease so much so that that roman soldier looked at him and he says surely this was the son of god he said nobody else could have taken this kind of of bruising not just bruising but distortion disfigurement if you if you had a deformed back or deformed that that was put on him too so that he was twisted and mangled and marred in the process of our sin being laid on him. So that when he they took him down and he took that into hell, that broke hell wide open. Because the devil had never had all of his product. That's everything the devil made. He took it down to hell and gave it right back to him. That's where it belongs. Doesn't belong to us. That's why the devil's always trying to put it back on us. He doesn't want to face it down there. It's getting a little crowded down there for him. Amen. After Jesus came down there, it got real crowded for the devil. Amen. Hell is prepared. God didn't, God didn't create hell. Hell is, is a prepared place. You know what a prepared place is? It's like I got a spare bedroom and I prepare that for certain people if they behave themselves. Look at Chuck looking nervous. <laughs> but it doesn't belong to the guest. Right? That ain't their room. They can't take it nowhere. But it is prepared for them. Amen. And that's what God did with with hell. He prepared a place for the devil to put his waste material, his refuse, 
Remember when he chased the woman who was who had the baby who was getting ready to give birth and he spewed all that out of his mouth? That's what hell is. It's the devil's spew. And everything he concocts out of that spew goes back to hell, goes back with him. So God's just putting stuff where it belongs. Still. He's restructuring, reorganizing. He's putting stuff where it belongs. That sickness don't belong to you. Never belonged to you. And God wants us to quit owning it. Quit saying you're sick. Quit saying you, you don't feel good. Quit saying this. Quit saying that. Quit owning it. Start owning your health. Start owning your healing. Your feelings will feel hurt for a minute, but you get over it. Amen. You get over it for a good reason, so that health can come to you. Quit wondering about when it's going to leave. Like that's going to make God any more honest or any more, make his word any more true. You know, we think God's word is only true if we experience it. Well, when's it coming? That way I'll know, you know, in the back of your mind, that way I'll know I'm on the right. No, you got to keep saying it by faith. That's what faith is, baby. You don't see nothing. You don't taste nothing. You don't feel nothing. You don't touch nothing. You just got to believe W-O-R-D. Well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you're going to have to try. That's how you get in heaven. But if you can believe you. See, we like believing we're going to heaven because that ain't now. Am I right? Anything that's now puts us on the spot because we feel like we got to prove it. I don't have to prove nothing. I got a witness in my spirit that I'm healed. I got a witness in my spirit that I'm prosperous. I got a witness in my spirit I can't fail. I got a witness in my spirit. So I say I can't fail. I say I must prosper. I say I am healed. All of that. Why? Because you got an inner witness. You're not dealing with outside stuff. The outside is lying to you and to me and to everybody. Because all of this, when the curtain, when God snatches the curtain away, everything from the earth will be exposed and evaporate. Amen. It will just fade away. But what's in him will abide forever. You'll be healed forever. You'll be, if you're called a preacher, you'll be a preacher forever. You're a saint forever. You're whatever it is, you're that forever. Amen. Why? Because God's word is eternal. His faith is eternal. Anything that you believe out of God's word will last forever. It's there forever for you. It's not a temporary thing. You know, when I found out that preachers still preach in heaven, I said, oh, you mean you can't retire? What? Ain't no, now, I heard Fred Price say, you don't retire as a preacher because the, the devil don't retire. I said, oh, as long as I'm on the earth, I'll be preaching. Then I thought to myself, I'll be preaching in heaven. Ain't no devil up there. Who am I going to be preaching? Preaching to the saints. I said, you get to hear Jesus preach. Or that'll be a treat. Oh, my goodness. The voice of many waters. Talk about being ignited. Amen. That'll be something. And the heavenly chorus, you know, it, it, by that time, I'll have a voice. It's, I'll have to. 
I don't have to get in there and, and lip sync with the angels. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to catch that tune. <laughs> you start moving with them, then start moving your mouth like you're. I don't have to do that. Amen. I can be, Barb can be Barb. You can be you. Amen. You can be who God made you to be because it'll all be all good by the time we get there. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you and love you. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We magnify you and lift you up, Lord. You're worthy to be praised, worthy to be praised. You're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised, glorified, magnified. You're highly exalted, Lord. You are high above all the earth. You're the highest God. None like you, none above you. Nobody can even touch you, God. You know that. And we thank you. We know it now. We want to honor you because of that. We just want to thank you, Lord, for blessing us, keeping us, helping us. Everything you do for us, Father, is on a grand scale. You don't give us leftover stuff because you don't own it. You don't give us second-rate things because you don't own it. You're the highest God. You only have access to the highest things. And Father, I thank you that you're waiting for your children to expect more glory, more goodness, more mercy, more peace, more healing, more health. The higher things, the spiritual things. Things of this earth are of lesser importance compared to your character, your mercy, your truth, your love, your healing power, your healing benefits. So, Father, I thank you for releasing healing in our midst right now, Father, that we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. You're healing everything you have for us now. We thank you for mercy now, for healing now, blessings now, covenant benefits now. They are ours. We thank you for them. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your accelerated time in the Spirit. And we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. I'll pray your prayer.